0: Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm happy to tell you about the. It probably will be easiest if I tell you what the sort of process is when we get submitted a paper and what, what a paper goes through when when it comes to the Lancet group. So, yeah. um, just to just as a caveat, uh, the Lancet has full-time editors. I know a lot of scientific journals have academic editors, so the process is slightly different. But um, within the Lancet group, we all we all have uh, full-time editors, and it so is they- our job yeah it's my full-time job yeah. being an yeah. editor at the Lancet so yeah so just to tell you a little bit about what the journey of a paper is within the Lancet group because I'm sure for a lot of authors you submit your paper and it's this mysterious black box and you don't really know what happens and at and then it gets kicked out again and it's either reject, revise, or accept. So, um, so when you initially submit your paper to uh, a journal in the Lancet group, uh, you usually get at least two editors in-house editors who will look at it, and at that point we can decide whether to reject it or to start peer review. Reasons for rejection could be in terms of novelty. Scope. Sometimes people uh, send us papers that are just not within within the journal scope, or if um, if the 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 method the methodology isn't strong enough. For example, if you've developed a prognostic score but you haven't validated that in a independent cohort, we would reject something like that because the methodology isn't robust enough. But um, once we decide to peer review it, then we will invite three clinical experts within the relevant field and one statistical reviewer. So every single original research article gets a statistical review as well. And we try to invite reviewers from around the world or uh, so there's a nice global reach because we are a, a global journal and Obviously, if a paper relies on a database that is within a certain country, we'll invite a reviewer from that country who will hopefully be familiar with that database as well. So, and then we get their comments in. So these are from the from the academic reviewers, as you said, the ones that you you do that as as part of your your contribution to to science. Um, did you choose and, them um, randomly or is there a list of of reviews you have and then you, you pick one by yourself or how, how, how is the selection? We, of- we invite the reviewers so we basically look at the paper, see what the relevant questions are, look at the field, find an expert in that field and approach them directly. So it's quite a manual job for us but with time you kind of grow to to know who's um, who you should ask, but we're constantly looking for for new reviewers as well. One of the really important things that we're working on at the moment is um, increasing gender parity within our reviewers, so to make sure that we have we're not just inviting the same the same uh, the same old white men, <laughs> I suppose, to because we want to definitely have a uh, have a have a breadth of viewpoints and and opinions on on research and we we try not to use the same reviewers over and over again so we like to have different as i say looking for reviewers from different countries but and different um different levels of in their career as well some early career researchers some more established researchers and um and and usually we'll, we'll invite about five or six reviewers for each paper and, and we, we, we look to get the comments of three reviewers obviously if there is, uh, if the reviewers don't ag- all agree, we need to take in two, uh, we may ask for more reviews. Or is there's a specific like if it's a modeling paper, we'll we'll get a modeller to to review it. So it's it is quite a manual process looking for looking for clinical reviewers for us. But we just want to make sure that that they're relevant to the field and can can certainly answer us a, a critique the paper mm-hmm. the paper properly. And we also um, ask them to disclose any conflicts of interest they have. So. Um, If they have too many too many conflicts of interest then we may say well thank you but please don't review this paper for us so um yeah so then the the reviewers comments come in and they can make their recommendations they have comments to the editors and comments to the authors as well and then at that point each journal will will make a decision. Do we want to reject the paper now? Or do we want to proceed forward with it? And at the Lancet, we have um, manuscript meetings where each uh, editor will present the paper that they're handling along with the reviewer comments, and ask for opinions and comments from all the other Lancet uh, editors. So not just say the Lancet hematology where I am, but this will be open up for the entire Lancet group, it's a little bit like journal club <laughs> for for editors. So, so you present your paper, you present um, what the reviewers' comments were you say, this is what we want to do with the paper, or you say, well, I'm not quite sure what to do with this paper. What does everyone else think? And then you get the expertise of the entire Lancet group, which is great because there's a lot of overlap between different topics. And for example, I would certainly comment on the hematology papers that are um, published in the Lancet Oncology or the, the Lancet Weekly, and say there's an infectious diseases aspect to one of our papers, our colleagues from the Lancet Infectious Diseases will will say something, and we've done collaborations with them, um, with other journals as well. So, um, yeah. So and then after that meeting, we'll we'll make a decision: either the paper will get rejected or um, it will will decide to proceed with it. And usually at that point will ask the authors to revise a paper. So at that point, we send the paper back to the authors with the comments from the reviewers and any additional comments from the editors saying, well, please add in more detailed reporting on the adverse events and or please take out this ad hoc analysis or this post hoc analysis. So, and, and then the authors will have an opportunity to review that, uh, revise their paper. They resubmit it to the journal. The editor who's handling the paper reads over all their changes, their answers to the reviewer comments. And, and it is possible for authors to argue against reviewer comments. And as long as you make a compelling and decent argument, sometimes that will be accepted. So you don't have to, as an author, you don't automatically have to say, oh, do it everything the reviewers say, but if you do want to argue against the reviewers, you should have a very, um, very good reasons for for, for doing so. And at that point, if we decide that the revisions are, have have addressed the reviewers' concerns and comments, we may get the paper re-reviewed, or we may use our own expertise and say, yeah, that answers that question. And then usually we will ask our review our authors to revise their paper again to, um, to sort of get more everything into good shape for for acceptance. Sort of Um, we follow reporting guidelines within the Lancet group from from the Equator Network. So if you have a randomized controlled trial, we expect the all the data and the paper to um, fit the CONSORT reporting guidelines. So we'll ask for any anything that's missing. Um, anything sort of little style things that will that will help us in the post acceptance process so so then your paper gets accepted which is yeah. great <laughs> and then at that point there's a whole post acceptance process which is quite intensive so your uh, your paper will then be assigned to an assistant editor who does the copy editing and so this is um rewriting sentences for style and clarity and they're they're often PhDs and um, have a scientific background as well and we, we sort of call the stage a bit of a micro peer review because we're really going through the paper line by line and seeing making sure all the data and the tables and the figures match up and that the results make sense and that We've got 95% CIs for all Kaplan meier curves and, and all of those details that, that are important. And um, once the paper has been copy edited, it will come back to the original handling editor and they will do what we call a cross read, which is just to make sure that. Uh, nothing, none of the sense, scientific sense has been changed during the copy edit and also if anything is missing or if something doesn't quite make sense, then we have a chance to go back to the authors and, and query query what is going on or if the numbers don't match up between the figures and the text and say, well, which is the actual correct result. So then a, then Um, We are really lucky because we have an in-house production team and they're the ones that they we have a fantastic illustration team who redraw all the figures and the production team lay lay it out all on all on (laughs) lay lay the paper all out on page so it looks like it would do when when it gets published as the final paper and that proof gets sent to the authors. The authors have a chance to uh, read over answer any of the questions then it comes back to the editorial team again and for my journal we have uh, we do what we call a final read where is a brand new editor who's not really handled the paper before will will read over the paper pretty carefully just as as you would as a as someone picking it up and and reading it out of um off of PubMed or, or somewhere. And then that's just a chance to, to catch any typos, any sort of, oh, that really doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and a final query to the authors. And, and then it finally gets published and mm-hmm. it goes up on the Lancet.com and, um, oh, sorry, <laughs> yeah, so, so it gets published and you can find it in PubMed. And we often commission uh, comments that go along with the, with the papers as well for original research from uh, usually from someone who's reviewed an academic who's reviewed the paper just to put it into a little bit of wider context as well and we can um, if it's something that we think is quite newsworthy our press team will get involved and do a press release or we also can do podcast interviews or if it's um something that we might want to do an infographic with we have a our media team can do infographics as well that and and promote papers on on twitter and so so there's a lot that there's a lot that happens with the paper i would say about like at least 20 different editorial eyes mm-hmm. will look over your paper between submission and and uh, and publication if if you're manuscript does get published with us yeah, it's so interesting it's, it's quite a process <laughs> because when you when you submit a um, manuscript you always think of the editor and the reviewer mm. you know, like yeah maybe four people at maximum how many uh, manuscripts do you do you need to read like f- per week Well, it all depends on how many manuscripts are submitted to us we do get kind of lulls peaks and troughs so Mm -hmm. uh, over summer tends to be a little bit quiet sometimes but we do get a get a flurry. um, At different times so um, every every manuscript that is submitted to the Lancet hematology we aim to have an initial decision within 48 hours, whether that will be a reject or send it to peer review because we don't think it's very fair for authors to. Mm Uh, to sit on their papers if we're not going to do something with it. And I will uh, I will say also with the Lancet group, because we all work so closely together, we do have the opportunity of, um, you do have your opportunity of transferring your paper from one journal to another. So say, for example, you submit your trial to the Lancet Weekly, but um, They don't have the capacity to to publish your study, but they think it'll fit better in one of the specialty journals. They may reject it, but suggest that you transfer it to one of the specialty journals where we would be interested because it's better for for that particular audience. So in that respect, that's something that's quite a bit more unique to the Lancet group as well, that you have the... Have the opportunity to potentially submit to one journal, but get get published in 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 another one that's uh, more with a more appropriate audience for for your study. But but the thing is, all the papers get treated the same way within the Lancet group. So, mm-hmm. and within the um, decision process, there are always uh, these categories: accept, um, uh, major revision. A minor revision, or don't you have that in in your? Yeah, yeah, we do have those. Those tend to be more uh, reviewer comments. Uh, uh, from we tend to have those more as um, categories that the reviewers will will tell us they can they can suggest. Well, you should accept accept after my revision minor revision major revision or or reject but um, when when we make our decisions we'll usually say well we're going to um, put points on it which means we're asking the authors to revise and um, if we're quite quite confident about the author's ability to God, address the reviewers' comments and, and the editors' comments and we'll, we'll just ask them to revise it. If we're a bit more uncertain or uncertain about which journal it should be published in, then we'll probably like put points neutrally <laughs> and sort of say, well, we, we need to review your, go through more peer review or more decision-making before a final decision is made on your manuscript. So so from, from our end, we wouldn't say, to the authors, you need to do a major revision on it. We would just ask them to revise, or say, well, you need to revise. And when we haven't made a decision, mm-hmm. it will depend on how how well you do your re- your revision, your your revised manuscript. Well, well, once we see your revised manuscript, then we'll be able to make a decision. Mm-hmm. There.